Hey lady, welcome to the Elevate Her podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Mariuki, leadership coach, career queen, twin mom, and wife. If you are ready to step into the level 2.0 version of yourself, girl, you've just found yourself a cheering squad that will help you do just that and even more. From one career woman to another who navigated the challenges of being a black woman in a profession that lacked diversity with no rule book to help me figure out the keys to climbing the corporate ladder, I am on a mission to change this scene for good. In the last few years of my 10-year career, I not only overcame the challenges that held me back from the mid-level career slump I found myself in, but unlocked the doors to land big promotions in my career, become a director at just the age of 32 in the largest global audit firm, get my confidence game on and become a trusted leader. If you are ready to shake off the self-doubt that's been holding you back, uncover your value, get seen, promoted, and paid like the leader you deserve to be without more degrees, qualifications, or inauthentic networking tactics, stay tuned because you are about to get elevated. Episode 51 of the Elevate Her podcast. Welcome, ladies. So in today's episode, we have a very special guest. I have known Beth for a little over a year. We've been in the same mastermind and she is just an incredible human and has had so many amazing achievements in her career. So Beth is a certified exercise physiologist specialist with ACSM and a medical specialist with ACE. She has been in the fitness industry for over 25 years and has a Master of Science in Exercise Physiology. She's a department head for the Health and Fitness Science Program and has a personal training and results consulting business, Body Basics by Beth. In addition, Beth is an elite runner and has trained for over 30 years. And did I mention, ladies, she's a mom on top of all of this? She specializes in full body hit, cardio resistance, yoga and mindset coaching, I think you are going to find today's episode so, so useful with so many gems. I know we are all busy as career women, you know, trying to hit our next big career goals, but it is so important to keep our fitness and our health in check. And Beth is going to share with us a few tips on how we can do this. And she talks a lot about the mindset aspect of fitness because that is the key to unlocking your consistency in being fit and being healthy. All right, ladies, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it. And let's get right into it. Hi, Beth. Welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me today, Rebecca. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. I am excited about this conversation because I'm so passionate about it. But with our busy lives, just like we were talking, you know, before we got onto the recording part of the session, it's not easy to incorporate exercise, especially when you are doing all the things and you're an ambitious woman. So I'm excited to, you know, also learn from your tips. And I have my notebook out here as well. So. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, and yeah, we'll take it from there. Okay. Well, I am uh, Beth and I have been in the fitness and health industry for over 25 years now. And I have my master's as an exercise physiologist and I've worked as personal trainer. Currently, I have been a teacher in a community college setting, um, department head as a health fitness science instructor. 
So I oversee our health fitness science program. So I'm teaching students to become personal trainers. I also am a single mom of four children who are very busy and active in their own sports and school activities. And I also have a side business, My Body Based by Beth, that not only does group fitness, uh, personal training, but I also work as a Proctor Gallagher consultant and tie in what I refer to as mind fitness to actually work on people's mindset to improve their mindset so they have more of a positive outlook, a positive outcome, not only in their health and wellness, but that interferes and interacts with all areas of their life. Ooh, that's so, so good. I have a burning question. Why is it important that, you know, when you're thinking about fitness and incorporating a training routine in maybe your daily or your weekly routine as a busy woman, that you start from that mindset piece? Why not just get right into, you know, watching a YouTube video and trying to do what they're showing you to do? Um, Because I think a lot of people will be very motivated at first, but that motivation is waning. (laughs) Um, So in order to maintain it, they need to change their mindset about it and maybe their habits around it. You know, that's why, you know, those New Year's Eve resolutions, usually by Valentine's Day, people are done. Mm -hmm. That motivation has gone. So if they start changing their mindset, Um, about maybe why they want to achieve this goal, what they're going to get out of it. I look at exercise now for me. I mean, I was a competitive runner. I competed nationally, internationally. So my training was for competition. Now I'm like, I need to go for a run. One, it gives me a boost of energy. One, I know it's going to make me feel better all around. It makes you just feel good. So that's my motivation. Even days I don't feel well, I think, you know what, if I go, I'm going to feel better. Mm -hmm. So I think at the end result, so people start thinking about how they're going to feel once it's done. Um, I think a lot of times the mind will talk us out of, give us every reason why we don't need to do it. But if we just focus on the benefit and the results that we're going to get, if we stick to it and continue to go and really kind of get to the underlying issues of maybe why they haven't been consistent with it over time anyway to get them focused more on that and get them motivated at that inspired action. When that motivation's waning, they still get up and do it. Hmm. I can totally relate with that. I myself have (laughs) been on post-mom weight loss journey. And sometimes it's just so discouraging when you know you've been working out every day and you're just not seeing the results that you would have hoped to get, especially in this day and age where we want everything to be so instant. How do you manage that balance between working on your mindset and making sure you're consistent, even if the results are not going to be as fast as you hoped? Well, I try to explain to clients uh, that, you know, results aren't instant. You didn't get to this shape overnight. You're not going to get out of this shape overnight. So it, it is a process and it's a learning process. And they have to think about all the good that comes out of it, too. I mean, just the boost in their energy level, the boost of their self-confidence as they progress, the fact that they're doing something good for themselves, continue to focus on that. And I tell them, don't look at the end result. Look at the progress that you're making. Focus on those small little wins along the way. And that's their motivation. And that helps keep them going. Oh, yeah, that's so, so good. And I think that's another sort of curse of us as women. We don't celebrate our wins. Yes. Especially the little wins. It's like we'll hit a goal and we'll be like, okay, what's next? We're already on to the next thing. And we haven't like taken that time to just be present and enjoy that moment. It's always focusing on, you know, what's next. And 
instead of being there in the present moment in time. Exactly, exactly. And I honestly think it's also being perpetrated by the media who are constantly bombarding us with all these ads and, you know, talking about how weight loss, how you can lose weight. And some of them are not even like entirely accurate about, you know, the speed it takes. And, you know, we're seeing all these models, you know, flash through us and all these images, even just watching movies and seeing these models and, you know, you're already thinking, oh my goodness, you know, kind of like body shaming yourself silently. Oh, yes. How do you deal with that when it's, you know, kind of in your face every day? Um, Well, I also try to explain to everyone, everyone's different. Everyone's body responds to exercise, food, everything differently. Tell people, Mm. I said, it could be 30 of us going through the same program, eating the same foods. You're going to come out with 30 different results because we all respond differently to everything. It's just like, you know, certain people have food allergies or respond differently to medicines they take. Our bodies also respond to exercises differently and to the different foods that we eat. So you have to be very self-aware of what you're putting into your body and how your body's responding to it. So I have them look at that. Like, how do you feel when you're eating? What are you doing when you're eating? Are you focused on actually sitting there and eating or are you watching TV and doing something else? Because that mindful eating actually allows you to slow down, enjoy the food and enjoy that moment instead of like just woofing your food as you run out the door or drive to the next place Mm -hmm. and not thinking about it. And when people aren't thinking about it, they tend to eat more, eat more calories and maybe eat things that are not as healthy for them. But if they can actually take the time to sit down and actually enjoy their food, to taste it, the the whole experience of it, they will tend to eat slower. And if they slow down their eating and chewing, you will tend to eat fewer calories and eat less overall and therefore, and enjoy it so much more. Uh, you get more pleasure out yes. of the smells, the taste, the textures, and then not eat as much. Uh, and it's better for your digestion the slower you eat and slowing it down as opposed to speeding it up and just on the go, 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 go. We feel like we have to go 50 miles an hour all day long from the time we get out of bed to the time we crash, particularly, you know, us women that if you're moms and working and doing side businesses, it's like, you know, I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. I just need go, 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 go. We need to focus on maybe Mm -hmm. cutting in those times, even if it's 20 or 30 minutes to sit down and actually sit down and eat. I have to say, I've been guilty of that too. I mean, I eat a lot standing up. I mean, I'm trying to be very mindful. Like, I, I want to sit down and actually enjoy this. You know, like I said, people slow down, they eat less, and they feel better. Oh, so, so good. So good. Now, hitting to just one of the points you raised about, you know, looking for those 20 to 30 minute time blocks. Do you have a process for, you know, helping us as busy women? Because most of the listeners on this show are very busy women in corporate and most probably have a side business going on and are probably moms like you and I, how do you, you know, get started and make sure you stay consistent? Do you have a process you can take us through? A couple of good things. And I heard this from, I don't know if you've ever heard of Michael Burnoff. He's a personal development coach as well. He's done a lot of great things, but this is, it's changing the mindset. A lot of times we say, I'll do this, you know, for one day, or I'll do this for one week, shift it in your mind, change that mindset, say, all right, I'm going to do this for two days because that's something different that we've never heard. And I want to give him credit for saying that because I thought it was brilliant because we do do that. Like, And then you try to do it for a week and then you make it a few days and you feel bad and you beat yourself up. But tell yourself, I'm mm-hmm. going to do it for two days. Most people can do something for two days. 
And when the two days were over, say, all right, you know, I'm going to maybe I'm going to do that for another two days Um, and finding the short little bits of time. You can actually benefit from like five and 10 minute increments throughout the day. So if you're working in an office, try to maybe set a timer on your clock every hour. Get up for five minutes and walk. If you do that, if you're working an eight hour day, that's 40 minutes of walking by the end of the day. If you can stand at your desk, I have a desk where I can, you know, put my computer on and stand up because I don't like to sit a lot. So I'd prefer to stand. You actually burn more calories if you're standing than sitting. So being able to do that, uh, focus on, you know, things like this, incorporate in my shower. I used to brush my teeth and do squats in the shower. So you can incorporate little exercises in combination with other activities that you're doing. So trying to get up and move as much as possible. Physical movement is just as important as scheduled exercise. There is a high incident of people who are more sedentary sitting, not moving with an increased risk of heart disease. So if you just get up and are physically active and moving more, you greatly reduce that risk. More so than someone that only gets three times a week, 30 minutes of an actual scheduled exercise program. If you're more physically active throughout the day, and being able to move. You know, the phones are great because a lot of times people can maybe walk or listen, put their earbuds in and listen to things. And a lot of our conferences and meetings these days are online. So maybe if you can get out and walk during your meeting, if that's possible, that would be ideal. Put the headphones in, get on your phone and walk. So, and there is a connection with more memory and retention when you're active like that as well. So. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. I am so, so motivated to move more. COVID (laughs) has really made us, you know, become stuck to our chairs and my Apple Watch will remind me every hour to stand up and, you know, it's maybe only just like a one minute thing. And, you know, I tell myself, well, I did my 20 minutes on my bike in the morning, but you know, what you said is just so eye opening and how easy it is to like bake it into your daily schedule practically without feeling overwhelmed that, you know, you're doing all the things. Yes. It's gradual increments. So, you know, give yourself a big pat on the back if you get 10 minutes in one day Mm -hmm. and maybe the next week try to go to 11 minutes. So adding like one extra minute is not that big of a jump. But if you say, oh my gosh, I got to get 30 minutes in, you might stress over that. So start with like smaller increments and then gradually add just time to that because that change to your schedule might not be as shocking as trying to chunk off bigger sets of time and then schedule it. You have to schedule it into your calendars. Uh, That was one thing that I've had to really focus on and work on too, is with the things all over the place, sticking to that schedule, blocking that time and sticking to it. Do you advocate for morning routines for busy women or what's your view on, you know, incorporating exercise in a morning routine? I absolutely am a big fan of morning routines. In fact, research shows if you do the workout in the morning, you're more likely to stick to it because first thing in the morning, like I said, even if you struggle to get up early, I'm not telling you to get up an hour earlier, get up 10 minutes earlier. Even if you're just doing a a stretch or a 10 minute walk, get out if you can possibly get outside because that's good for your mental health uh, and your physical health and actually getting outside in a little bit of the sunlight. If you can tolerate it without sunglasses on is great for the brain. Uh, It triggers something in the brain to start your day to get some sunlight and fresh air in your face, even if it's just for 10 minutes, get some movement. And that sets your day because what happens is if you push it off to later in the day, things come up. We all know we might have our schedule, but things always come up and then you just push it off and push it off. And then you say, I'll get to it tomorrow. 
So first thing in the morning before all the distractions, maybe before you get up with the kids is ideal. Okay, I am so excited to make this announcement to help women finally find their voice, become leaders in their field and get paid their worth. If you know you don't want to be where you are in your career 12 months from now, Design to Lead was made for you. So listen up closer. Design to Lead is my private coaching program for ambitious career women who are ready to get promoted to the next level and start making an impact while creating generational wealth. In six months time, you could have the clarity you need to land that promotion or dream role in your career or get big pay raises that you never thought were possible. With the right strategy, bankable career plan and solid mindset to give you the confidence and kick self-doubt on the curb for good, which is what you'll get in Design to Lead and even more, together we'll be celebrating your next big career goal. Head over to bit.ly forward slash design to lead to apply to work with me in this program or DM me the word elevate on any of my social media channels to find out more. Let's get your career elevated for good. I love that. I'm not a morning person, but I've learned as a mom that the only time I have to myself, like really have to myself with no distractions is in the morning. And like you're saying, you don't have to, you know, have a one hour workout every day. Just start with the few minutes that you have and build it on key. So I'm interested to hear about, you know, habits and how you help your clients make sure they stick to this routine, right? Because like we talked about mindset at the beginning, it's important to, you know, exercise that mindset as well so that you can keep to this and, you know, you don't fall short come Valentine's Day and you're already like not following what you had resolved to do. So how do you practically help clients make sure they stick to their habits or maybe stack this as a habit on top of another one that they already have in place? Um, well, I always tell them it's best to only work on one to two things, no more than two things at a time. Because otherwise, you're more likely to be successful if you're only focusing on one thing at a time. Don't try to overload yourself. Don't feel like if you bite off more than you can chew, that's when burnout sets in. So think about if you want to change your, just add a, a little bit more activity into your day, be more physically active, just focus on that. And then once you feel like you have that down, then maybe gradually think about, well, maybe I want to change my diet. So gradually make small changes to your diet. Small changes add up over time. And I have them write things down. Keep a journal. What is it that you truly want to accomplish? How will you feel when you have accomplished that? Visualize accomplishing that. Visualization is huge. To see themselves going through the motions, to being successful, to seeing those results and how they're going to feel and keep focusing on that feeling of the goal achieved. And also after some sessions, I'll have them write up you know, three things that they felt they did very well or that they, you know, felt really good about and maybe three things they could have improved upon, you know, depending on the type of workout that they're doing or if they're focused more on their diet. That is a good reflection of not like beating themselves up. You did this bad. It's like, you know, maybe I could improve upon this. So mm -hmm. that's just more self-reflection. So not just going through the motions of someone telling them what to do. It's they need to take part too and actively take part in that self-reflection and I can help guide them along the way for that. So writing things down is key. So they can see on top of that, you can see the progression. They might not think they've progressed. It's like, you got to take stock in these little progressions. They add up over time. So if you look back a month, you've made huge progression. So that's nice for them to be able to see that as well. 
So writing it down and seeing the progression. Yeah. I like what you said about small changes over time. Well, it does. Add up. Yes. We tend to want to, like you said, bite more than we can chew. And we want to like prove to ourselves that we can put in one hour workouts every day because we've seen someone else on social media do it and she has kids and she's doing all the things. And, you know, it's also my belief that consistency trumps quantity any day. Yes. Consistency is key because mm -hmm. consistency allows for those changes to really gradually build up over time. I always use an example just in respect to diet. An extra 100 calories a day adds up to 10 extra pounds a year. So think about that in the reverse. If you just cut out an extra 100 calories, and that could be, you know, the small little packs they have, like snack packs or like 100 mm -hmm. calories. That's not a lot of food. So just cut back 100 calories a day. That'll add up over time, too. Uh, and that could be, you know, burning an extra 100 calories a day. Mm -hmm. You know, getting up that extra 10 minutes to do a walk. Those will gradually add up over time. So good. A question I have is, you know, the balance between diet and exercise. What percentage should one focus on, um, especially when you have this busy corporate life? You know, how important is diet in this overall, you know, fitness journey? Because I guess we think of fitness, we always go to, you know, the exercise, the workout, the gymming. But how much does diet play a role in your overall fitness levels? Diet is huge. And I say that because the food can affect your energy level, your moods. So there are certain foods that actually can help boost your moods. Uh, there's certain foods that can actually um, help keep your hormones level. So eating proper foods. And I've always had a an issue with my kids when they were younger in these sports and they bring snacks and it was just a bunch of candy and junk. And I'm like, that's not supporting their bodies. Their little bodies are growing and they're working and they need good, healthy foods to support that activity that they're doing. And it's the same for adults. So when you eat heavy meals, it's just going to sit on you. It's going to weigh you down. You're going to feel tired and it affects the blood glucose levels. So you're eating a lot of sugary foods that's going to spike and then it's going to crash. Mm -hmm. um, and on top of that, if you're eating the sugary foods, the spiking and the crashing makes your body feel more hungry. And so you tend to eat more calories. Foods that are nutrient dense are best. So I'm talking about like the whole grains, uh, the fruits, the veggies, and sticking away from processed foods. I always try to use the rule of at least 80% of trying to maybe eat foods in their whole natural state where they have not been processed. Local farmers markets, I think, are best. Uh, one, it helps support the local economy. Two, you're getting the foods and the nutrients that are much fresher and they're local. So they haven't been over-processed. On top of that, as soon as, you know, fruits and veggies, they get their nutrients from the ground. So as soon as you cut and harvest them, they gradually start losing their nutrients. So the fresher they are, the better they are, buy things in season, buy them locally. And when they're in season, they taste better and they're less expensive. Oh, yes, yes. But these all play a part in your energy level and you might have to play around with how your body responds to the certain foods, but setting the day off. I mean, that's why people, there's tons of fad diets out there all over the place and they work. A lot of them you cannot maintain for a lifetime. So you got to think about what are you going to be able to maintain for a lifetime? So eating those good, healthy foods and see how your body responds. If you have a lot of stomach aches and bloating and digestive issues, you might need to really take a strong look at your diet and see, you know, gradually take things out. 
and see if you're still having those issues and play around with it. And that is so individualized and your blood chemistry and how it responds to the foods that you eat makes a big difference. Oh, wow. That is so, so insightful. And I think it's, again, one of those things that you can incorporate almost instantly into your overall fitness journey as a busy woman, because we all need to eat every single day. And so, yes, yeah. I will say doors have made it a little bit easier because they have a lot of the pre-cut, pre-packaged, pre-washed fruits and vegetables that you can pick Mm -hmm. up on the go. Because I know people are very busy. And so going through the fast food is very easy but you can still get those snack packs and, you know, good, healthier options, nuts, fruits, veggies, and things oh, of that yes. nature. As you know, like I said, seeing how your body tolerates it. Mm-hmm. And I guess not feeling guilty to, you know, go the route of getting things that are pre-cut. They're made for busy women like us. So you don't have to be the yes. superwoman and try and do everything from scratch if it's already yes. been done for you to some extent. Yes. You got to figure out, What's most important and where you can cut some time into your day. I use it a lot with my kids when we're busy with athletics and, like I said, four young children and all sorts of different sports. <laughs> so most evenings we don't even get home till like eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Wow. This has been so, so helpful. Do you have any parting takeaways that you want to share with us? For a lot of women out there, I do believe they need to take care of themselves I think they feel like they're trying to be superwoman. And so they're trying to do everything for everyone else first. And I feel like, particularly if you're a mom, taking that time for yourself is ideal and very key. One, I believe it truly makes you a better mom. Like I said, taking that little bit of time in the morning, I try to get up before my kids because if I don't, I feel like it's rush, 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 and I'm not as calm. So that time in the Mm. morning is key to get up and just kind of get settled and get in my mindset and set the day off. And I also, I do a thing first thing in the morning when I wake up, a segment intention. So I kind of break up my day and go through it before I get out of bed and think about how good, easy things are going to flow throughout the day. So I already have that in my mindset. Our minds are goal-seeking mechanisms. So if we wake up in a bad attitude, we're going to be seeking and thinking horrible things like, oh, that's not going to go well. That's not going to work out. Our minds are going to look for how that's not going to go well or how it's going to work out. But if we set our mind and our attentions first thing in the morning about how great things are going to go, even if they don't go as we you know, envision, it doesn't set us or knock us off as much as if we wake up with a bad attitude. So having a good positive attitude first thing about each day. I mean, I get up and say, all right, I'm, this is how my morning routine is going to go. This is how it's going to go getting the kids out to school. This is how my commute to work is going to go. This is how my time at work will be. And this is how it's going to be on my way home, picking up the kids, going to their activities. Um, so I break it down to different segments throughout the day. And I also want to stress, if you are a mom, setting that example for your children. You want them to be healthy and well and feel good about themselves. So if you set that example that very, very positive role model for your children. I mean, you're already doing, you're out there superwoman already with your work and your businesses, but show them how to be active and, and healthy as well and be kind and positive to yourself so that they are also kind and positive to themselves. Oh, I love that so much. I think we can't overemphasize the need for us to love ourselves and doing everything that you shared in today's interview is loving yourself. And I think when you put it in that perspective, it even becomes easier to do because you know, it's not hard work. You're not punishing yourself. 
Yeah. It's a form of self-love and self-care. It is. It absolutely is. I tell my children, you should be able to look in the mirror and talk about every part of your body and say how you love it. Yes. <laughs> and uh, if yes. you get in the habit of doing that, it might be uncomfortable at first, but if you can go through, I love my feet, I love my toes, mm-hmm, you know, I love my mm-hmm. shins and my knees and my calves, you know, you should love every part of your body because you have an amazing body and you have an you know, amazing mind and there's no reason not to love it. Oh, that is so, so good. So, so good. Such a nice way to end this interview. Thank you so much, Beth, for sharing so many powerful insights and gems in this interview. Why don't you go ahead and share with our listeners where they can find you if they want to connect with you and, you know, get deeper support in this area. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for having me. And you can reach me on Facebook and Instagram at Body Basics by Beth. I also have email bodybasicsbybeth at outlook.com and a website that is almost done being set up at annettsbodybasicsbybeth.com. Perfect. So I appreciate you having me and you ladies out there, go love yourselves and take care of yourselves. Thank you so much, Beth. In closing, we like to ask two fun questions. So very quickly, what is your favorite book that you read and can remember? You know what I am really enthralled with is Psycho-Cybernetics. <laughs> I love that because I love the psychology behind a lot of this. Um, I was like in college, a couple credits shy of a psychology degree on top of my exercise physiology. Um, but I love how all this is backed by research and how these things that we say are really so connected to our mind and our, and the psychology behind it all is fascinating to me. Mm, and how simple he makes it in, in the book. It's so simple yes. and to understand yes. and read, especially if you're not the kind of person who's been into, you know, the whole mindset and energetics and all that. Yes. Love that. Love yes. that. Second question. Would you rather Go back in time or go forward in time? Hmm, that is a very good question. <laughs> huh, I think I'd rather go back in time because there's a lot that I've learned as I've gotten older that I would mm-hmm. like to put into place years ago. Very wise. <laughs> when I used to beat myself up over things. I would like to take the knowledge I have now and take it back to my old self. Yeah. So that I could be even further advanced now. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That is so wise. (laughs) Thank you so much, Beth, for being on the show. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Rebecca. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Elevate Her podcast. If you found this helpful, I would be forever grateful if you left a review of the show right here on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. If you would like more support and inspiration to elevate your career, go ahead and connect with me on LinkedIn at Rebecca Morioki. Or if you're an Instagram girl, let's connect over there. See you on the next show.